You're listening to The First Gen Coach. I'm your host, Carla Santamaria, a civic engagement professional turned mindset and career coach. As a first-gen immigrant, college grad, and corporate professional, I have personally experienced the many challenges and struggles that first-gen professional Latinas and women of color face when navigating unfamiliar and frankly unfriendly corporate environments. In this podcast, I will share insights for career success and will feature inspiring and successful first-gen women to share their journey. If you're ready to tap into a growing community of first-gen professionals, you've come to the right place. Hello, first-gen friends. Welcome back to the show. Today's episode is all about self-advocacy for career success. I'm going to be talking about what self-advocacy is, how you can do it, and most importantly, why it's important. Before we get into the show, I want to remind you that if you've ever gotten something from this podcast, if you've ever learned something or learned something, found it insightful, please share it with a friend, please share it with a family member, please post it on your Instagram stories or leave a five-star review wherever you listen. And the reason that I am asking you to do that is not just because it helps the show grow, which it does, and I really appreciate it truly, sharing the show personally is one of the best ways to help a podcast grow. But the more, you know, like more importantly is that it helps other first gen professionals get access to this information. I got recently, I I got a DM from someone who said, this is someone that I worked with only for, for one time when I was still doing ad hoc calls in 2022, we had a one hour coaching call. And since then, this person has attended all of my free trainings, as you know, have attended the boot camp that I did with a few other coaches. She's attended, um, yeah, like all of my free trainings and workshops and has listened to the podcast. And she just told me about this amazing job opportunity that she got that, you know, she, she accepted And she said, it's from listening to all of your content. And so if I can help someone with this free content that I provide on this podcast, why would I want to keep that to myself? Why would I want to be, you know, feeling some type of way about asking you to share the show? And this is actually a really great transition into self-advocacy because one of the most important things that kept on, you know, and I've said important a lot, this entire, you know, like self-advocacy is just something I feel really strongly about. Um, But one of the thoughts that I want to ground you in is that whenever you advocate for yourself, you are advocating for your community. All right. So this is why I ask you to share the show. It's not just about, you know, like growing the first gen coach podcast, although, you know, that would be nice, but also it is about other first-gen professionals who may not have had mentors, who may not, you know, be ready to invest in career coaching, who may not have a sense of community in their workplace or wherever they want to thrive, have access to this. So remember, advocating for yourself is advocating for your community. And I model that every time I ask you to share a resource with someone that you care about. Now, now that I've kind of modeled a little bit what self-advocacy is, let's 
talk about why it's so important, you know, and, and as, as I said, you know, as I said before, and, I, and I'll probably repeat, repeat this a few times because it is the most important thought that I want you to take away with, you know, that I want you to take away from this show is that advocating for yourself is advocating for your community. And remember that we are community beings, okay? Like we were meant to survive by relying on each other. We were meant to excel by relying on each other. It is a lie that capitalism has told us that we have to pull up ourselves by our bootstraps, okay? Like the whole self-made concept is a lie. Very, I mean, I don't know anyone who's self-made, but I know many, many, many people who are community-made. So by advocating for yourself, you are truly advocating for your community and you are rejecting this hyper-individualistic lie that society has fed us, okay? You are not being interesada or interesado whenever someone asks, whenever you, you decide to advocate for yourself or, or ask for what you need. The quite the contrary, you are relying on your community, which is how our ancestors have survived and thrived for thousands of years. Okay, so reject this hyper-individualistic lie that society has made us believe and reject the belief that advocating for yourself or that asking for help or asking for what you need is transactional because it is not transactional in the sense of, you know, like I won't help you if you won't help me, but rather it is community care. So helping, you know, like asking for help actually can provide someone the opportunity to do what they love. Remember, if it is about coming, you know, like lifting up as we climb. So advocating for yourself is truly, again, advocating for your community and an act of rejecting the lies that our capitalistic society has told us. And now I know that I'm a career coach and that this is a career podcast and that this is talking about career success. But guess what? You can still honor your values of integrity and community care and giving back while advocating for your success. All right. So definitely just remember that it is important for you to advocate for yourself. It is honorable to advocate for yourself. It is aligned with your values of caring for your community to advocate for yourself. So this is why it is really, really, really vital that you advocate for yourself. And not not only are you advocating for yourself and you know not, not only are you advocating for your community when you advocate for yourself, you are also modeling that behavior for others who may not have had the opportunity yet or the courage yet or, or may not have been taught or, or may not have the tools. Just like modeling that really is empowering. You know that saying like if she can see it, she can be it. Well if you speak up for yourself and you ask for what you need, you can, like, you may not realize the impact that that can have on someone. Like some of the greatest career lessons that I've learned and even life lessons, I've learned just from watching what people do. It may not necessarily have been something that they did, but that it's actually something that, I'm sorry, not something that they know they did, but it's definitely something that impacted me. All right, so that is why 
advocating for yourself is important. Now, what? What does that look like? What even is that exactly? So, you know me, I like to define my terms. So I looked at the term advocate, the verb, and it is to publicly recommend or support. So I take that to mean, especially self-advocacy, is to publicly ask for what you need, ask for the support and the resources that you need, okay? And here's something that is super important that I want you to acknowledge is that you already know how to be a great advocate for yourself. If you're a first-gen professional, that means you were a first-gen college kid who had to figure out FAFSA on their own, who had to figure out how to talk to an advisor, who had to figure out your major, who had to get your first job, you know, figure out benefits. That means that you are a resourceful person who already advocated for yourself. And even as I said that you did that and you advocated for yourself, you're probably thinking about the people who helped you get there. And that is okay that you like advocating for yourself doesn't mean you're going to succeed in isolation. Advocating for yourself doesn't mean that you're going to say like, oh, um, I am self-made because remember, there's not a lot of like, I don't know anyone who's self-made, but being community made is like really, really much more common than we like to acknowledge, you know, than we like to admit. There's actually, <laughs> just thinking about the acknowledgement part, every book that I've read has an acknowledgement or dedication section because the people in our community who support us truly can be lifelines, all right? So just remember, you already know how to advocate for yourself. You come from a long line of people who have advocated for themselves, who have advocated for their families, who have advocated for their communities, okay? Do you think that people in the civil rights movement were afraid to ask? Well, I mean, I don't know about fear. There's, you can act with courage and with fear, all right? But Think about where we would be if they hadn't had the courage to advocate for themselves. And I'm not saying we live in a post-racial society because we all definitely know that that is not true. I mean, I'm a DEI practitioner. We definitely have to continue advocating for ourselves, even in the workplace. Um, but just think about all of the, the people that you look up to in history or the people that you even look up to in your life. They are they are all examples of advocating for themselves, for their communities, for their families. I actually want to, to give you a, an example of someone in my personal life who advocated for me. And this is truly like one of the most, I didn't realize what a big deal this was at the time because, you know, I was nine years old, but look, I look back and I'm like, wow. So um, so let me take you back. I, as I as, as I shared many times, I was born in Honduras. I moved to Miami the summer before I turned nine. So I'm a Virgo. My birthday is September 6th. Now, if you know anything about most U.S. public school systems, the cutoff date for birthdays is September 1st. So kids who are born between September 1st and August 31st of one year they start the grade. And if you're born September 2nd, you know, September 2nd, you start the following year. So in Honduras, I was able to, you know, my parents were able to talk to the principals or, or, you know, like whatnot and get me to start kindergarten with the cohort that was like when the September 1st cutoff date, because, you know, my birthday was only five days after the cutoff date. So I did 
kindergarten through third grade in Honduras. And our school ran on the U.S. calendar. So we started in September and we had the summers off. And then we moved to the U.S. that summer, the summer after I finished third grade in Honduras. And guess what they told my mom and my, my dad? They told them, oh, well, her birthday is after the cutoff date. So she's not allowed to go to fourth grade. She has to go to third grade. And I remember when I moved, when I started school in the U.S., I started in third grade, even though I had already done third grade. And that was just not going to fly with my parents. That was just not going to fly with my mom. And so my mom, a brand new immigrant to the United States with her limited English, went up against this school administration, not just as, you know, like, so, so she went and she was, she told me that she was there almost every single day for weeks and weeks. It was almost two months until, you know, like from when I first started third grade until they were able to move me to fourth grade. And my mom told me, she was like, there was no way that I was going to let them steal a year of your life and make you repeat a grade that you had already done. And Again, I didn't understand that at the time. I was nine years old. I didn't understand what that meant. But when I look back and I'm like, wow, the courage, the conviction to make sure that I, again, I didn't, that I didn't waste a year of my life. So my mom even like talked to my, my school in Honduras. I was able to get my, my scores, my report cards back to get them to the U.S., and in order for them to see, like, hello, this kid needs to be in fourth grade. And, and, and again, it was so, it was so impactful. I really don't know where I would have been with that, you know, like if I had just lost this year of my life, which is what unfortunately happens to a lot of immigrants. I knew that, I, I knew that I was an anomaly. Like I knew that when people move from a Latin American country to the United States, a lot of the times they had to repeat a grade. That's just the thing that I thought was like a fact of, of what it was, but that was not acceptable to my mom. And she was like, nope, not going to let this great injustice be committed against you. And she was finally able to get me tested out of third grade after getting all of my, you know, like my report cards. And I'm, I'm not even sure what else she was able to, at one point, I think she was meeting with the, with the principal of our school and, I think like they she had might have had to take it up with like the superintendent superintendent of the county. Anyway, she finally was able to get me tested out of third grade and moved into fourth grade. And I am truly grateful, not just for the fact that I was able to have that, you know, year of my life not stolen from me, but that I was able to have that example of what it means to go up against an institution and win. Because that is, and, and, and not just go up against an institution and win, but also to advocate for someone that you love. And that has shaped me. I mean, I've talked about my experience on Latina Equal Pay Day and how I had to advocate for myself for months in order to get a straight answer. And ultimately, I decided to leave that job because I wasn't getting... I wasn't getting, you know, like fair pay, you know, equal pay for equal work. And, and again, I, I don't know if I would have had the courage to speak truth to power had it not been for that experience. So shout out to my mom 
And also, shout out to all of your family members, to all of your tias and tios and grandparents and people in your community who are daily advocating for themselves and advocating for their families and advocating for you. So remember, you already know how to advocate for yourself. You have advocated for yourself in the past, even if you didn't realize that that's what you were doing. And you can and will self-advocate your way to career success. Now, how does that look like? So now you know the why, now you know the what, let's talk about the how. First of all, tell people your goals, okay? No matter where you are in your career journey, so whether you're exploring opportunities, whether you're actively applying to jobs, or whether you're happy in your job, but definitely want to continue developing, tell people your goals, okay? It is a benefit to everyone involved. Like if you're applying for a job, why wouldn't you tell someone? And then remember, nobody is, is like when someone offers you a job, they're not doing you a favor. They are filling a need, a business need. So you advocating for yourself is actually mutually beneficial. All right. You are helping them meet a need and you are meeting something for yourself. So if when you're, you're actively applying for jobs, it is mutually beneficial, but that is the truth at any stage. I mean, whether you're exploring opportunities, I talk a lot about networking and why that is an important part of your career development, just talking to people and helping them you know, like giving them an opportunity to talk to, to about their journey, giving them an opportunity to be a sponsor, giving them an opportunity to say, oh, I know someone who is who would be great for that role. So tell people your goals. This is like networking 101, but it is also self-advocacy 101. If people know what you are looking for, if people know what you want to achieve, they can help you. All right. People are not mind readers. People aren't going to just know. That is, that is very, very important. People aren't just going to, they're not just going to know what it is that you want to achieve. If, first of all, if you yourself don't know what you want to achieve and it's okay to help, you know, to get career clarity, that can definitely be one of your goals. Um, but as you get clarity and as you move through the stages of career development, definitely share your goals with people so that they can help you access the resources that you need. Um, all right, so that's the first step. Tell people your goals. Second step is make yourself visible. All right, so go to networking events, go to coffee chats, have people see who you are. Now, I was a straight A kid, well, sometimes, mm, A's and B's, let's be honest, but I was definitely a high achieving kid. I was a high achieving kid, and at some point I, I don't know, like I kind of just, maybe in college, I don't know. There are times when I just want to sit in the back of the classroom and not be seen. Like I just like, like I remember in college, there was a professor who was like, hi, Carla. And I'm like, how does this guy know my name? Like I have tried very hard to be invisible in his class. I was kind of shocked he knew my name. Um, but anyway, and then I realized I'm like, hmm, I should probably, um, you know, not try to be invisible in this class. So anyway, make yourself visible. Put your camera on if you're going to if you're going to a Zoom meeting, and th that's that's the why I use you know that example because 
sometimes there's like events that I join online and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to sneak into the back and, and sit in the back of the classroom and, and you know, like kind of like the Sepetsivida, like nobody's like, you can't see me. And then it's like, all right, let's go into breakout rooms. And then me, it's like me and two other people. And I was like, well, so much for blending into the background. Um, but again, you can do this on purpose, make yourself visible on purpose. So that's not just networking. Okay. Um, and that's not just meeting new people. It's also making yourself, you know, like asking for high visibility projects in the workplace. So remember, you've already told people what you want. Now ask for those high visibility projects. Like if there's an opportunity with, a, you know, to work with another department and something that you know you're good at, raise your hand and do it and say like, hey, I actually have something to contribute because that is how you make yourself visible and being visible is how you develop a personal brand. Being visible is how you get to be top of mind when there is a promotion coming up or when there is a new role opening up or when, whenever you want to ask for, you know, like for, for something, you have that visibility and you have that basically receipts. And the third thing that I'm going to talk about is actually keeping your receipts. But before we get there, let's spend a little bit more time on that, making yourself visible. So asking for high visibility projects. Now, you know that I am all about boundaries. This is not me telling you to like work yourself to death. This is not me telling you to eliminate all boundaries and to do the work of like five other people. No, no, no. Uh, remember when I talked about quiet quitting last summer, I specifically said you can quiet quit all of this nonsense. Like you can, I mean, and maybe it's not nonsense to everyone, but you can decide what is valuable to you and focus on that. So you can quiet quit the extra things like making homemade cupcakes at one o'clock in the morning. Definitely you don't need to do that. But positioning yourself to be visible in a cross-collaborative high visibility project Yes. And because again, I'm a DEI practitioner and I understand all of the intricacies, that may not be an opportunity that is, how do I say this? Like, it's not something that can magically happen if you are someone with a identity that has been historically marginalized. So you have to advocate for yourself and make yourself visible so that you can be top of mind for that project. Let's say that your job is, you know, like internal facing, but there is something that you're passionate about. Like if, let's say you're passionate about like arts and there's an opportunity to work with a community partner, you can say, hey, you know, like I'd love to just chat about this. This is my expertise in X, Y, or Z can add it to this project. You know, even if you're not going to be there in like an official capacity, again, just like scheduling that coffee chat with your coworker or just going over those thoughts and saying like, hey, this is, you know, like this is one way you can take a project. You can take this project in order to maximize it. That is making yourself visible, becoming known for what you want to become known for. And of course, keep your receipts. If you contributed to a project, definitely, um, you know, keep your receipts. Now, another way that you can make yourself visible, visible, excuse me, is to leverage the opportunities that are presented to you. So, for example, let's say that 
you are looking for a new job and in your current job, a promote, you know, like your boss quit and they offer you a promotion. Well, they offer you to apply for that role. And, you know, it's like, well, you can think about it two ways. It's like, this is not really the job that I want, but you know, like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to take it. I don't know if I'm tying myself down. You're not tying yourself down. Go for that promotion and leverage it. Even if it's not the epitome of what you want, you can leverage it as a springboard to get you closer to your goals. And this is one of the things that actually happened um, with one of my clients. She is in a role and she recently accepted a promotion and she thought about not accepting the promotion. She thought about not, um, not even going for it. And she ended up accepting it because she said, I'm already doing the work. I might as well get paid for it. And I was like, yes. And those boundaries that she was able to set for herself and advocating for herself, knowing that, hey, I'm clearly the most qualified person for this job because I'm getting, you know, the, 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 the job itself is getting dumped on me. You know, so like advocating for herself and by by going for that promotion and setting those boundaries of I'm not going to do the work without getting paid. So definitely I encourage you to advocate for yourself and leverage opportunities. Another way that you can leverage opportunities is, for example, as you think about what you want from your career, maybe the next opportunity doesn't, you know, it basically what I'm trying to say is that like your next opportunity can be a stepping stone. It can get you closer and accepting that stepping stone is a way to advocate for yourself. So maybe there is a role within an organization or a company that you'd like to work for, for whatever reason. And it's not necessarily the job that you want, or there's something specific. I mean, like, you know, that you can do it. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, I can, I'm, I'm comfortable making a living in this way then go for it. And then once you're in that organization, advocate for yourself in order to reach your next goal. So, you know, whether the job is like a contract or part-time, just make yourself known for, make yourself visible, leverage that opportunity. Um, you know, another thing is, like, for example, I, when I transitioned industries, I knew that I had been doing equity-based work for over 10 years, but I didn't have diversity, equity, and inclusion in my resume. So one thing that I knew that I needed is to get that title DEI on my resume. And from there, so I ended up accepting a position that, as I've shared before, I was definitely overqualified for, but guess what? I leveraged that position into something that was actually my goal. And you can do that too. You can say, and like, you can sit there and get clarity on like, what is actually what is most important and what is a stepping stone to get you to your next goal. So leverage your options, all right? So tell your people your goals, make yourself visible in a lot of different ways, asking for high visibility projects, you know, like showing up and being present and by leveraging the opportunities that are given to you. And then lastly, keep your receipts, all right? If you are, oh my God, if you're a woman of color, there are there's such a high chance that a mediocre man has taken credit for your work. So if you keep your receipts, um, and, and again, this can be kind of uncomfortable, you know? Um, so 
<laughs> I'm thinking of an example. Uh, and again, it may feel uncomfortable to do this in a meeting. You don't have to start here. So this is kind of, you know, you don't have to start here, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, what if when someone says like, oh, my God, you know, I just completed this project and you can say, oh, thank you, Johnny, for elevating that. I was so happy that you were able to take my idea and run with it or that I was so happy that my feedback was instrumental in bringing this project to fruition. So again, you don't have to start there, but that's something that you can start practicing. And that's actually also not just advocating for yourself, but it's also setting boundaries. You know, it's letting Johnny over there know that you're not going to do the mental and emotional labor anymore for him to get credit for the work. Nope. You can and will be getting credit for your work. So that's what I mean by keep the receipts. So also, you know, accept your compliments. Maybe you have a great work environment where someone's like, oh my gosh, you know, like your, your, your work was so important to the team. Please say, thank you for noticing, or I appreciate the feedback. Please don't say, oh, no, no, it was a team effort, or oh, no, no, it was no big deal, or, or worse, oh, no, it's nothing. It's not nothing. It's something. Accept compliments, okay? So keeping receipts is accepting compliments, being graceful at accepting compliments. Now, there's a lot of multiple, there's like multiple layers here on why accepting compliments and accepting positive feedback might be difficult for you. I mean, that's tied in like cultural beliefs. It's tied in Christianity beliefs of, you know, like being humble. It's also tied in like a society telling women not to like toot their own horns. All of this can feel very uncomfortable at first, but just practice saying, thank you for noticing. Or just practice saying, I appreciate the feedback. All right. And guess what? Then go and update your resume. Then go and share about it on LinkedIn. Now, it is okay. Like a lot of a lot of clients that I work with have a lot of feelings about LinkedIn. And I'm sure that many people who I haven't worked with just have a lot of feelings about LinkedIn too, because they, they think that they're like quote unquote selling themselves. I hate that phrase. You don't have to sell yourself. Like I I don't know what it is. But that phrase just like really, really grinds my gears. You can position yourself to succeed. And actually, I'm going to be teaching a workshop. So if you're not on my email list, please get on my email list because that invite is going to go out today. We're on, you know, uh, towards the end of March. So I'm going to be teaching a workshop sponsored by the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute on positioning yourself to succeed. So if you want to get that invite, definitely sign up to get on my email list. Now, position yourself to succeed. Let me back up. Remember, you are not selling yourself. You're not selling yourself on LinkedIn. You're not selling yourself for a job. You are being your authentic self. You're advocating for yourself in a, in a way that feels authentic to you. And remember, whenever you advocate for yourself, you're advocating for your community. You are modeling what that looks like for someone who may not have that courage or may not have had that example yet. So let's say you finish a project, you can, you know, like parts of it that are public, I'm definitely not telling you to like publish internal, you know, company information, but maybe you're in a meeting and, and, you know, like if it's a in-person meeting or a Zoom meeting, say like, hey, can we take a quick picture? And you can post that picture on LinkedIn and say like, hey, I had the opportunity to deliver this project X, Y, or Z, or 
you know, if it's an event, if, if whether you attended the event or helped to put it together, take a picture and say, you know, great time at this event where I helped do X, Y, or Z, or my, it's so good to see my hard work paid off or however it feels natural for you, post about it. You don't have to, you know, like, I know that all of us were taught in schools, like how to write a five paragraph essay and how to have this voice. You don't have to have like a voice that doesn't, that is not authentic to you. You can post about it in a way that is authentic to you. And once you post it on LinkedIn, guess what? That makes you more visible. And that is a receipt of something that you worked on. So truly it is advocating for yourself for career success. And guess what? This is actually helping you get clarity because let's say that you work on a gajillion different projects, but then you're always most excited to post about a very specific one or very specific, like one or two things. Hey, maybe you, your next step in your career is focusing on those one or two things. So all of these things, remember career success, career development is a cycle. So as you do these things, you're going to get better at them. You're going to feel more confident at them. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about confident, like, because that is a whole other episode and maybe I'll do it, you know, next week, but you will develop that confidence as you talk to people about your goals, as you talk even to your manager, you can definitely advocate for yourself in your one-on-ones with your manager. And by the way, if you're not having regular one-on-ones with your managers, that is a red, red flag. Um, let's see what else. So you can, as you talk to, to people about your goals, you yourself are getting clarity on them as you're making yourself visible. Again, you are positioning yourself to succeed. You are leveraging the opportunities that you are in in order to get you to your next career goal. And you are keeping your receipts. All of these things feed into each other. And this is how you can advocate for yourself. So as a reminder, I want to close with this thought. I said it before in this episode, and I'll say it again. Whenever you advocate for yourself, you advocate for your community. So please remember that it really is an act of community care for you to advocate for yourself. And remember that you already know how to do it. You just have to put it into practice. All right, that is all for today. And I will see you next time. Before we wrap up today, I want to remind you to download your free resume template and guide. This resume template is designed to help first-gen professionals like you showcase your strengths, your leadership experience, and tell a powerful story. So if you are ready to make bold career moves, download your free resume template and guide at thefirstgencoach.com resume.